Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. And good afternoon, Steve Jones Show, News Radio 1070 WKOK. You can find us at stevejonesshow.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Twitter handle at Steve Jones PSU and our email. And you can drop us a line anytime, Steve Jones at WKOK.com. And Sean Carey, Steve on his way into the Sunbury Motors Studios, Sunbury Motors, Ford Lincoln Hyundai, and the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on the strip, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Monday edition of the Steve Jones Show brought to you by our great friends at Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury. Now that we have made it in to the new year, when was the last time you checked your insurance policy? Could be time for an upgrade where you make sure everything you need covered to be covered. Because when life happens, that's when Purdy Insurance and the great people there go to bat for you like it happened to them. So go to purdyinsurance.com or stop in and see them on Market Street in Sunbury. We'll be with you live till 5 here on WKOK. Sarah Benick at the anchor desk this afternoon. She'll have the late day news roundup after 5. And then tonight we go to CBS Sports Radio. National Championship game. Be locked into that tonight as well. Find out who gets the infamous Dr. Pepper trophy. (laughs) Will it be Alabama or will it be Georgia? All of us on Friday in our pick segment took Alabama, including the suit, now the four-time defending bowl picks champion. Coming up this afternoon, 335. It's been a while since we've had Dieter Kurtenbach on the show. Dieter was first on with us uh, close to two years ago. Uh, he was pretty much our NBA Finals embed when Cleveland was on that great run in the NBA Finals championship. Uh, Dieter is now a columnist for the San Jose Mercury News, and he also hosts his daily Dieter podcast. So uh, uh, Dieter is pretty much uh, locked into the Oakland area, and the news broke over the weekend. It was pretty much the <laughs> worst-kept secret in the NFL the last few weeks. Uh, with John Gruden becoming the new head coach of the Oakland Raiders. We will get Dieter's thoughts on that and much more as he joins us this afternoon, uh, scheduled to join us at 3.35. We invite you to, so we mentioned uh, Dieter's podcast. Well, we have a podcast as well. We invite you to subscribe to our Steve Jones Show podcast. Uh, Once the live show is finished on WKOK less than an hour later, uh, we drop the show as a podcast on both the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, uh, and iTunes. And uh, thanks to everybody that's been uh, listening in, especially over the past few weeks with Penn State football coverage leading up to and including the Fiesta Bowl. So give our podcast a subscription. Send it straight to your phone and tablet once we drop it every weekday afternoon here from WKOK. 
Speaking of Penn State football, one of their great quarterbacks of all time, first-team All-America from the 90s, Kerry Collins. He has been elected to the College Football Hall of Fame. He'll be part of the 2018 class, and he'll be inducted into the Hall of Fame later this year in December at the annual awards dinner in New York City. total of 13 inductees, 10 players, 3 coaches will be recognized and accomplishments forever immortalized at the College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta. Collins is the 25th member of Penn State football to be elected to the College Football Hall of Fame. The most recent player inductee was back in 2014, Shane Conlon, former Nittany Lion player, current native of Lock Haven, living in Lock Haven, Bill Bowes. Uh, he was enshrined into the Hall of Fame last year as the University of New Hampshire head coach. Uh, Bill Bowes. Uh, was a former Penn State football captain uh, back in the 60s. Getting a quote from Kerry uh, Collins, I'm extremely honored to be included in the College Football Hall of Fame class of 2018. I was surrounded, I was surrounded by, by great players and coaches during my time at Penn State and was fortunate to have been part of an unbelievably talented, undefeated 1994 Big Ten championship team. My years at Penn State were special, and I'm eternally grateful for the support and guidance I received there as a student athlete. I'd like to congratulate the other members of this year's class and also thank the college, the National Football Foundation for the privilege of joining the long list of Nittany Lions previously inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. So big congratulations, congratulations to Kerry Collins as he will be going into the College Football Hall of Fame coming up in December officially. It'll be the 61st National College Football Foundation annual awards dinner that'll be in New York City uh, coming up December the 4th. Oops, there we go. There we go. You probably hear me better now. There you we go. Had another, we had another power outage here. It was funny. I, I kind of keep tabs of uh, the total time that we're connected. <laughs> we were kind of, we were almost at 440 straight hours of connected between your place and our place. And I guess, yeah. I guess we'll blame it on, we'll blame it on the wind, blame it on the snow. So. <laughs> well, I don't know. No, you know what? You know what's really odd? And this, uh, there was a, now it hasn't happened here in two weeks. Yeah. Maybe three. But all of a sudden we'll get this blip and the power goes out for like 10 seconds and then. Uh, then it comes right back, and, I, and we don't know why. We don't know why. So what happens though is that now, from the show point of view, why is that significant? Well, when the power goes out, that means I have to reset everything in here to do the show. No, it doesn't just come back on. Hey, we're back on. We're good. Uh, no, it's not the yeah, a few extra switches, a couple of buttons. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we've had yeah. a few places here in the central Susquehanna Valley dealing with some uh, power glitches and you know, outage here and there. Um, actually, a couple school districts, especially uh, further south of Sunbury, just enough snow came down this morning to cause some early dismissals uh, earlier today. Yeah. So yeah, but that's now in the rearview mirror. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So. But uh, yeah, that's in the rear. But see, when that happens here, in other words, I mean, I'm not even done resetting in here. I have to reset. Everything, including the clock, for example, which says seven o'clock, eh, maybe a bit early. <laughs> if, or, or if it's seven o'clock in the evening, that means I should that... be sitting on a. I should be sitting on a plane. Yeah, let's say seven meaning seven tonight, seven this morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, that's what happened. 
on that. Matt Leon today, we're going to talk about the uh, Eagles. and uh, They are a number one seed home underdog. How about that? Well, that's when you have Matt, Ryan's against, Matt Ryan against Nick Foles. And let's be honest about the Eagles offense. The game they played with, I don't care what they did about the, against the Cowboys. I think that's irrelevant. I mean, that was like a glorified fourth preseason game. You know, but I mean, that, that to me is, eh, who cares? Uh, we also have Dieter Kurtenbach on today, 335 from the San Jose Mercury News. Looking forward to talking with him. Yeah, it's been a while since we've had him on the show. Yeah. So we'll get him on to talk about a wide variety of things. Uh, we'll talk to Dieter. But, see, that... Uh, so you got the national championship game tonight. Now, Jalen Hurts has what I call, like, like stats mean nothing. Like His stats, like, 61 or 62% completions, right? Okay. You can now have a little contest, like who's more accurate as a quarterback, Jalen Hurts or Blake Bortles? I mean, it's a real competition. (laughs) Wouldn't take much to win it. (laughs) I mean, mean, but I mean, Hurts has has such mediocre accuracy; it is stunning. He he is about to make his twenty eighth start. 28th start in his career. And he is no better now at throwing the football than when he started game one. No better. Now, as a runner, he is off the charts. He is tremendous as a runner. Judgment, speed, power. I mean, he really is a fabulous runner. Oh, just a quick glimpse. If you had no idea he was a quarterback, you take a look at him. Nah, there's no way he's a quarterback. He just has such that build. He's an NFL tailback. I mean, sure. I had somebody say to me, like, well, you know, maybe he gets to the next level. I said, as a quarterback? I said, are you kidding me? I mean, you have to be kidding me. There's no way this guy plays quarterback at the next level. No way. He's not good enough. Now, is he good enough to win tonight's game? Of course he is. But this is college. It's a different ball game. But he is not in any way, shape, or form an NFL quarterback. No way on the planet. And I mean, he just doesn't... I mean, the, the number one premium I put on quarterback evaluation is accuracy. Arm strength is important. There's no question about that. You know, I mean, but you need to have arm strength in combination with accuracy. You need that. The funny part is there have been so many quarterbacks from Alabama that had such stellar careers with the Crimson Tide that couldn't take it to next level. But the thing is, though, their body type doesn't even compare to Jalen Hurts. Right. But, you know, there's no cradle of quarterbacks. There is no cradle of quarterbacks where you go there and, like, your trip to the NFL begins here. There's no school like that. I've gone, you know, and we've played that game where I've gone through all the starting quarterbacks and what college they're from. Right? I mean, does Drew Stanton count? 
I mean, Carson Palmer really is the starter in Arizona, so that takes Michigan State down to one, Kirk Cousins. But everybody else? Yeah, how many times have I done that? Let's see. Miami of Ohio, Delaware, uh, Notre Dame, and TCU. Those are the starting quarterbacks in the AFC South. Want to go to the AFC East? Michigan, Virginia Tech, Texas A&M or Vanderbilt. Take your pick with the uh, with the Dolphins. And where was McCown from? Louisiana Tech, something like that. I mean, Petty's from Baylor. But I mean, no matter where you go, doesn't matter. You know, let's let's go out to the NFC West. USC, Wisconsin by way of NC State. Um, Eastern Illinois and Cal. I mean, I mean, have I named two of the same so far? Mm-mm. No, I mean, I mean, there's no cradle of quarterbacks in the NFL. AFC West, you've got NC State. Yep, there's our duplicate, kind of, sorta. Well, no, because Russell Wilson out of Wisconsin. That's true. Okay, so that's he's really you know put an asterisk next to that. I mean, I mentioned I mentioned NC State because he started there, but then he went to Wisconsin there for a cup of coffee, right? Um, So you got NC State in the West, Utah. um, Derek Carr was what Fresno State, Fresno State, and the and Northwestern. Because Trevor, I'll take Trevor Simeon with Northwestern. Uh, AFC East, North Dakota State, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Michigan State. Uh, Let's go to the Central, or the NFC North. Georgia, uh, Houston, uh, Cal, that's two Cals, Goff and Rogers, and North Carolina. Trubisky. NFC South, you've got Boston College, uh, Florida Auburn, State, Auburn, Florida Auburn, State. Auburn, Auburn, Florida State, and Purdue. There you go. Uh, AFC South, you've got Central Florida, Stanford, um, Oregon, Clemson, and Oregon. Hey, Cal's, the I mean? only, Cal's the only duplicate. Well, I would not have guessed that. Cal's the only duplicate wow. with Goff and Rodgers, and they've been separated by a dozen years. It's not the same coaching stuff. Is there any division we missed? AFC North, South, the West, AFC uh, West, AFC South. No, we, we got them all. Yeah. I mean, Cal is the only school that has two starting quarterbacks in the NFL. That's it. There is no cradle of quarterbacks on the college level. Where you go there, you are punching your ticket to the next level or you're giving yourself the best shot to do it. Everybody's running RPO these days. That's why it's going to be difficult for these teams to evaluate quarterbacks moving forward. But Jalen Hurts, he's no accuracy. No accuracy. How many? I mean, he does not lead players into yards after the catch. It's a station-to-station passing game. And the receivers, if they get any yards after the catch, they're doing it on their own. I mean, as a runner of the ball, he's dynamic. 
calm, cool, collected, makes moves, powerful. As a, you know, and as a thrower, because he is a thrower and not a quarterback. And again, this is his 28th start, so they don't exactly do what you'd call down there this awesome job of developing whatever. Not really. All right, we'll take a break, come back with more in a moment. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Great to be with you today. We got up to like 35 degrees here today. Felt like 100. (laughs) It's been so cold out. Who'd have thought uh, by the end of the week we have a shot at 50? I know. How about that? Yep. And then I look at Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 22, 20, 24. (laughs) This is just a brief reprieve. But it's a reprieve we'll take. I've been doing the little house on the prairie thing over here with the wood stove. (laughs) I tell you, I love wood, man. (laughs) (laughs) You knocked the dent in the pile a little quicker than you thought. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I tell you, keep stoking. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Theater Kurtenbach will talk about John Gruden next half hour. And then um, Matt Leon on the Eagles. They get ready for the Falcons in the playoffs this weekend. Should be a very interesting game. The Eagles' defense is going to have to win it. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. And today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Purdy's have served this valley for decades, giving their customers the best insurance, whether it's auto, home, life, business. I Okay. But they'll always find the right price, the best price. They'll check and make sure you're getting the best price. And if something happens to you, they're your partner in this. They'll go to work as if it happened to them. 
That's Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. I'm in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Tomorrow's show will be uh, in Bloomington tomorrow as Penn State takes on Indiana tomorrow night. Very pleased to be joined by the outstanding columnist from the San Jose Mercury News and also host of the Daily Dieter podcast, and that's Dieter Kurtenbach. Welcome back, my friend. It's great to hear you. Great to hear you guys, too. How are you doing? We're doing well, and we hope you're doing well. I am. I am. I mean, how, how could I be complaining working as a Bay Area sports columnist? It's every day up here. It's insane. Yeah, every day. I mean, I don't care whether the Giants are making a move or the Warriors are doing something. The 49ers got better, and then there's John Gruden. Uh, John Gruden. That's right. The Gruden thing is interesting. It's been a while since he's coached. In his last six years, he was something like 45 and 54 and didn't make the playoffs one time. Yet he's considered to be the magic bean. So what is the reaction in the Bay Area to temporarily having John Gruden be a coach there? <laughs> um, they love it. I, I think that specifically Raiders fans um, are, are just over the moon with this concept. He's an ideologue. He's, he's, this, uh, he's a grand poobah. And he, he, longtime Raiders fans know that Al Davis' greatest mistake was trading away John Gruden. And they never really forgave him for that because he was so in sync with the fan base. Um, he just fit. He just fit perfectly. Really bright guy, really smart guy, but had that edge that you kind of need to have if you're going to be involved with the Raiders, especially under Al Davis. Um, now, all of the things that you said are, are very real concerns, but right now I think uh, Raiders fans are so pleased that Mark Davis, who uh, just a couple of months ago was, you know, pulling his pockets out and saying they were empty, uh, put big money on the table, made a big, bold move, fired Jack Del Rio, which is something that just sort of had to be done, given the way the Raiders played this year and given all the problems that he had had in the locker room and in um, expressing what his ideas for the Raiders and their future were going to be. Uh, he was clearly not the guy to take that team to Las Vegas. And given the, the financial situation this team has, they need to make back a lot of money. Um, before they get to Vegas, just so that they can, you know, break even within a couple of years if they're lucky. Um, John Gruden's going to sell seats, and he's going to sell seats in Oakland, and he's going to sell seats in Las Vegas. He didn't really have a choice to do it, but um, just having this guy, he's so affable. I mean, you don't get paid $6.5 million at ESPN. You don't get Corona commercials if you don't have some sort of charm, if you don't have something that, you know, that the, the every man loves. And, um, yeah, Raiders fans love him. Now we'll see if he's any good of a coach. <laughs> exactly. So we can get back and do that again. If you're Derek Carr, how happy are you today? I think he is nervous. I think um, Derek Carr could be an exceptional quarterback, an all-pro level quarterback. Agreed. A true, uh, with, with John Gruden's system. John Gruden's system is tailor-made for a guy like him. If he can get the small things right, he has the arm talent to become great. Now, the thing that we've seen with Derek Carr over his career is they've been working in pretty much a spread offense. And that means he got the big things right a lot. And the small details, the little stuff, that's all by the wayside. They just sort of took it out of the offense. They were a big go big or go home kind of offense. And it just, it, you, you saw the cracks in that system this year where they had disjointed play calling. Carr couldn't execute basic stuff. It became problematic. John Gruden's going to put this guy on the fire. 
he is going to say you have to – we've seen John Gruden's history with quarterbacks. He would prefer to have a guy who is an offensive coordinator to a guy who can throw the ball 50 yards down the field. He doesn't care. As long as you can deliver it accurately within 15 yards, you're good. So he'll go with Brad Johnson. He'll go with Rich Gannon, who had a little something extra, which made him an MVP. He'll go with lesser guys so long as they fully 100% comprehend and know the offense. And Derek Carr, to this point in his career, has not shown the ability to fully understand, comprehend, and then make changes that make sense to both the offensive coordinator and the coach at the NFL level. And so he's going to have to learn it all in one year. Um, and that's going to be a big old challenge. Now, if he masters that challenge, look out. I mean, that, that Hall of Fame career, I'm not even half joking about that, could be in the limelight because he has all the skill sets of a guy named Brett Favre. And we saw yeah. what Brett Favre do when he got the details right in Green Bay and Mike Holmgren, who brought up John Gruden in his West Coast offensive system. He got the little things right, and then he was able to kill you down the field uh, whenever he wanted. And that kind of talent exists in Derek Carr, but we have to see if he can handle the small stuff. And John Gruden is going to uh, really hold him accountable for that. Give me the importance of John Gruden hiring the right defensive coordinator based on some of the talent the Raiders have on that side of the ball. Yeah, it's huge, specifically because he's an offensive guy. And being out of the league for 10 years, I think the things that usually go are, you know, sort of those details towards the other side, those head coaching tendencies, understanding, you know, the correct amount of touch that you have to give, how much leeway do you give a defensive coordinator. And there is a lot of talent on that side of the ball. They also need a lot of help on that side of the ball in the draft and in free agency. But when you have Khalil Mack, you have a chance to be a league average defense on one guy alone. And if they can be just league average and John Gruden can bring in the offense that I think so many expected out of the Raiders this year, if he can actually bring that in this year, now we have a playoff team. So getting a guy who can not only you know put Khalil Mack in the right spot, and I think that the Raiders did that once they switched over to John Pagano in the second half of last, year, uh, last season, which just ended. Um, they, they were showing a little bit more. That's good, but also being able to sort of minimize the deficiencies of that defense, go into coverages that maybe give them a little bit more leeway than they probably deserve. Um, that's something they have not been able to do uh, at all so far, uh, specifically in the Jack Del Rio era, which is ironic because he's a defensive-minded head coach. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much leeway Gruden gives. His problems in the past have come from micromanaging and from being a perfectionist. And just being out of the league for 10 years, he's going to have to give a lot of leeway to the right defensive coordinator, and we'll just see how that relationship goes. I think Terrell Austin is going to be on this staff from everything yeah. I'm hearing. That's a great hire. That's yes, a tremendous it is. hire. And, yeah. um, and he's a guy who specifically teaches, you know, man-matching quarters coverage, and that's something that the Raiders have tried to do now for two years and have not been able to execute it. Um, I think that's a really good sign if Austin does sign up with the Raiders because I think it shows that John Gruden understands the deficiencies and is trying to attack them head-on instead of trying to sort of rebuild from a, a weird state of in-between. For a young person, John Gruden to them is the Monday Night Football guy, and as you said, sitting on a beach with Coronas. Uh, right. So it's been 10 years. So what kind of research did you have to go back through, even yourself, just to make sure you had the Gruden story on coaching correct? Because obviously yeah. you've got a lot of people who just assume, he was just the awesome, the best, the greatest, I won 20 championships. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, uh, luckily John Gruden wrote a very bad book. 
and uh, I was able to get through that uh, pretty easily. And so I have the full like, Gruden backstory from his standards. Um, you know, Rich Gannon has been a nice resource. There have been a lot of really good resources. Right. And luckily, John isn't this sort of happy-go-lucky, lovable guy to where people are afraid to sort of say the bad stuff about him. I mean, John, John is what he is. And... Um, a lot of people are willing to, you know, highlight sort of the, the deficiencies because he's been open about them um, himself. And, and the other thing, too, I mean, this seems so trivial and basic, but, like, he's been on TV for 10 years, and they have, right. ESPN has not lacked uh, airtime with John Gruden on it. So just going on YouTube and just listening and picking up tidbits and nuggets and stuff has been really uh, quite interesting, and it, it's put a lot of thought to my head over, okay, you know, he said this this one time, is this something that he actually believes, or is he just filling up airtime? And um, it's a very weird experiment, I'll tell you, because the West Coast offense that John Gruden wants to run, the West Coast offense that he ran in Oakland and then in uh, Tampa Bay, that can't really exist in the NFL in its pure form anymore. And no. to be out of the league for 10 years, perhaps he spent those 10 years evolving you know, he has uh, he's had as good of resource in terms of tape and, you know, time as any coach in the NFL has. He probably he's had way more time and he's had just as good tape. And he uses it every day at four thirty in the morning in that Tampa strip mall. Um, has he used that time, has he used those opportunities to evolve his offensive system? I know that he's been essentially updating his two thousand and eight Tampa Bay offensive playbook for ten years now. Has he been evolving it, or is he going to come in and try to do the same stuff? Because if he does try to do the same stuff that he was doing in Tampa, that's not the reason he got run out, but he'll get run out of this Oakland job fairly quickly because that stuff just doesn't work anymore. I know the Raiders have uh, options to go on the uh, Coliseum there before Las <laughs> Vegas. Is it, what, two more years to go? Does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah, two more years. We'll see if they remove the tarps in any of those two years. Uh, yeah. Actually, with Gruden, <laughs> it's, they it's did good. this whole thing's a mess. And uh, this only highlights how big of a mess it is. I mean, the, the Raiders had to go out and give John Gruden a $100 million contract because they are so desperate. Mark Davis has $850 million in loans taken out right now so that he can move to Las Vegas. And wow. if they're not selling seats, if they, you know, they don't, the PSLs, the personal seat licenses that they're going to sell, most of that is already just sort of built-in cost. So that doesn't even attack the principal on those loans. Um, they need to become an elite NFL franchise right quick because they've been operating with about half of the profit of most NFL teams forever. And now they need to get up to that level and then some. And they're betting that John Gruden's the guy to do it. And that is a, it's a literally a huge financial bet. And it's a huge bet just knowing that this guy hasn't coached in 10 years. I mean, it is, it's bizarre. But then again, when you hang around the Raiders long enough, bizarre becomes the norm. Dieter, it's, this will be the second time that the Raiders, despite having great attendance and being a, a very supportive market, this will be the second time they'll lose the Raiders. What's it like now? Is it, is, it, is it like making the death march there, or is there a lot of denial there about them leaving? A lot of denial. <laughs> denial might be too strong. Um, I, I think that they, the fan base is so rabid that I think that they're cool with it. I think that they'll just drink any Kool-Aid that, that the Raiders hand out. And um, that's a bit concerning, just for other reasons, but yeah. they, they're cool with it. And if I was someone, in, if, if I had the money to invest, I would buy a budget airline that had routes between the Bay Area and Las Vegas, because I think that there's going to be 
a, a huge group of people who just get on the cheapest possible flight every weekend. Um, and, and, and this is going to really re, reinvigorate the L.A. Raiders base. And I was just down there for that final Raiders-Chargers game that was in L.A., and it was a bizarre experience there inside that soccer stadium. It was easily 80% Raiders fans. And living in L.A. for two years, people would tell me all the time, like, okay, the Rams are back and the Chargers are coming, but this is a Raiders town. Like, the Raiders are still the predominant force inside the L.A. media market. Las Vegas is a lot closer, and that route's a lot more uh, well-tread than um, than Oakland or the Bay Area to Vegas. I, I think that they're going to be able to get people in the seats if that team is good. And because it's the 40th largest media market in Vegas, they're just not going to have enough people to demand it. The casinos will fill up a ton of seats and a ton of boxes, but when you have sure. to fill up the upper tank, it, that's going to be tough. If that seems good, people will commute from California. If that seems yeah. not good, those seats are going to be empty, and they're going to be handing them out, and they're going to be just they're going to be sucking a tailpipe when it comes to uh, <laughs> to the cash of it because it's um, it's so bizarre. I mean, people will follow this team anywhere. They won't put their money down necessarily, and that's that's different than pretty much any other fan base uh, I've experienced in football. When the 49ers started stinking, people stopped going and they stopped spending right. money on them. Right. This team, they'll spend money on them. They they call it the nation, all that stuff. Uh, they're all in, but uh, I don't know if they're all in enough to go watch a a five and a five and eleven team play in Nevada. Now, what does this do? You think down the road for barrier area football? Because you and I both know. Mm-hmm. I mean, Santa Clara is not yeah. the Bay Area, all right? I mean, it's, it's just not. Uh, so San Francisco, Oakland, which at one point had franchises separated yeah. by eight miles, now right. we're going to have a team in Santa Clara, and that's it. Right. It will be really interesting to see if any Raiders fans divert you know, or desert the, uh, the, the nation and go down to the 49ers. Because the other thing, too, is, I, I and I think that um, – that Mark Davis, maybe this is something in the back of his head, and this has been brought up to me by several people around him. They see that the 49ers are doing well, and they understand that, you know, it only takes about 30. I drive down there all the time. I live in Oakland. I drive down to Santa Clara. It takes me about 40 minutes. It's not right. great, not easy, but it's doable. It's better than Foxborough. And the 49ers <laughs> yes. are playing a really attractive brand of football. They got Jimmy G. Kyle Shanahan knows what he's doing. That team is on the rise, and it's exciting to be around that team. And the Raiders, no matter how good they are, they're leaving. And if they're bad, if the Raiders are bad again another year, you can just see a bunch of people go, wow, they're gone anyway. I'm just going to start this conversion process over to a 49ers fan. They have to compete inside their own market right now just for seats, just for the casual fan. And um, it will be, be really interesting to see how many Raiders fans exist once they move back to Vegas. I think it's entirely dependent on how good the team is um, because they're so loyal. If the team is good, they'll stick with them. If they're no good, they're willing to write them off. But uh, I, I just, I, I, I'll never be able to fully predict what Raiders fans will do. It makes it fun, but it's also very challenging. <laughs> yeah, right. And I know it's across the bay, but you know the Warriors yeah. are leaving too. They're going back to San right. Francisco. Uh, yeah. And the oddity is, as you look at ABC's uh, primetime Saturday night game, uh, the Warriors are on four of the first five broadcasts. <laughs> They're a yeah. national brand. What's it like being around that group? Well, it's, it's really excellent to be around that group, though. I remember when I was first around that group in the 2014-2015 season, their first title season, it was so much different. It was, like, comically different. Um, 
you know, there's five or ten people that would show up for every game uh, in yeah. terms of uh, the media. We would be on, you know, first name bases and just, and just shooting <laughs> it in the locker room. Now yeah. you can't move. I mean, and right. I think that part of it, it, it the old Oracle Arena, which is, we'll be honest, it's a dump, especially compared to some of these palatial estates teams are in. Um, it just kind of let it go just for the sake of everybody in the media being A-OK with the move over to San Francisco because anything to get us out of here with all these people. It has been interesting <laughs> in Oakland, though, because the A's wanted a new ballpark in downtown Oakland. They were the team that really they, they marketed that they were going to be the one Oakland team. And um, there's been a lot of snags and snafus when it came to uh, to the ballpark they wanted. Now there's a very real risk that the Oakland A's leave, too. And so Oakland can go from three teams and especially like last year, you know, two teams really good and an A's team on the up um, to to none in a very short period of time. And that would be very interesting because by all other accounts, Oakland and the East Bay is, is booming. But they might lose all three of their professional sports teams in a very short window of time. And uh, I'm not really sure what to read into that other than uh, people really hate public funding for stadiums. Yeah, it's a bad time to do it because people don't want if they look at teams making money hand over fist and they don't want to do it. So No, no. Dieter, it is always a pleasure. Uh, I could talk to you for hours. Appreciate the time very much. Look forward to talking to you again very soon. Absolutely, Steve. Talk to you soon. Hey, have a good time with Gruden, all right? <laughs> oh my god, it's gonna be a blast. I've never looked forward to a press conference more than this one. It's gonna be so weird. I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you. I'll, 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 I'll follow up with the report. I look forward. That's great. I look forward to that. Thanks, Dieter. <laughs> we'll come back with more in a moment as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. There are a lot of places to get insurance coverage, but only one place in the Susquehanna Valley ready to put four generations of experience to work for you. Hi, I'm Adam Purdy. At Purdy Insurance, we take the time to talk with you and find the right coverage for your needs. Everyone's situation is unique, so our approach is to customize coverage to best protect you. Whether it's home, auto, or business insurance solutions you need, call, email, or stop in to see how our commitment to personal service can help protect what matters to you. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app. 